Attention everyone, this is an emergency broadcast. The unpleasant noise you are about to hear coming from your radio is not a mistake. Please do not turn off your radio, but turn up the volume on your receiver as high as it can go so that you can make the sound we broadcast as loud as possible. The monsters will now start attacking Tokyo. You may wish to deny it, but your eyes tell you it's true. Sound. I'll turn up the sound so you can hear the monsters dueling to the deck. Welcome to episode 234 of the Kaiju Cast, a podcast 100% dedicated to Godzilla and all of his rubber-suited foes. My name is Kyle, and this is the second episode of May 2018, and we're going to be talking about quite a bit of news this time. It has been a really long time since we've covered any news at all, so we're going to be talking about some old stuff and some new stuff. If you're wondering who the other person in this we equation is, Gretchen is here. Hi. Yeah, and so basically, uh, since it's been so long... We've only been busy. <laughs> we've been really busy because we went to Monster Palooza, which there will be an episode very soon about Monster Palooza as well. Uh, we just thought it would be fun to get together and basically share all of the things that we deemed newsworthy in the recent months. Because, oh my gosh, it's like an onslaught of news all the time. And so we've basically distilled this, right? Yeah, we kind of weeded out yeah, we, some of the things that we were We looked at a whole bunch of things news. and said, are they worth you knowing about, <laughs> listeners? And a whole bunch of them, we said, no. So you can <laughs> take a us bunch. later. Not a whole bunch. A couple, of, a handful of them. Uh, so anyway, let's go ahead and get started with uh, News Sounder. This is United Nations reporter Eric Carter with the news. The world is stunned to discover that prehistoric creatures exist in the 20th century. The armies have been alerted as we wait for more news from Japan. So let's start things off in Japan, Gretchen. Mm -hmm. At the end of last month, the new Shin Godzilla statue was unveiled in Hibiya, which is in Tokyo. It's one of the wards in Tokyo. Previously, they had the Heisei statue. Have you ever actually seen that one I in person? I didn't see it. I heard there was. I heard a lot of drama about the the change that some people. Oh, were the change. Super some happy. people don't like the change. Well, let's, yeah. so the old one, the one that was there before, and has been there for I don't know, maybe a couple of decade or so. It's just the eighty nine Godzilla, and it's sculpted okay. You know, it looks like Godzilla. It's very obviously Godzilla. Sure, iconic. Sure, yeah, you know, classic Heisei Godzilla. Anyway, that has been taken down and replaced sort of in the same place with a Shin Godzilla statue. How See, do you feel about that? I love it. He's like holding nothing, but you could put all the photoshopped images in there. <laughs> Forever He's, and his ever. His arms are a little wide. Yeah. I'm used to Shin Godzilla with his arms like tight by I, his side. I think they wanted to not make him so skinny. I think they want him to have like a, a kind of a like a. He's powerful got the whole world <laughs> in his hands. Anyway, so yeah, a uh, brand new Godzilla statue in Hibia. I'm looking forward to seeing it. And for anyone who is lamenting the fact that the old one, especially if you're not a fan of the Shin Godzilla design or movie, the old one is still able to be tracked down. And um, I knew it was around because I had seen a photo, but I wasn't sure where it was. One of our listeners named Greg from Facebook actually said he went to go see the statue and said that uh, as he understands it, the old statue is actually across the street from the Hibia Chanter in the newly remodeled Toho Cinemas adjacent to the Takarazuka Theater. He also says they moved all the handprints there. Oh, right. So if you didn't know this, Gretchen and listeners, right around the old Godzilla statue, 
there were a whole bunch of handprints, somewhat similar to what you see outside of the Chinese theater in Hollywood. Sure. But on a much smaller scale. And I think like a couple of years ago, I found Akira Takarada's handprint from I don't know when, but basically his handprint was in there and I was looking for anybody else that I might recognize. Yeah. But it's just their Japanese character name and oh. then their handprint. So, But they didn't conveniently translate it to, in ja- to English for yeah. you? And I think it was also the, the little plaques were like brushwork Japanese, oh. which Google Translate does not like to try and translate it gives you all sorts of weird things anyway uh so you know it's basically it's sort of a win-win you've got the shin godzilla outside which everybody can go and get their picture taken next to or nearby and then uh on the inside of the chanter building you have the old school 1989 version uh we'll have links in the show notes to a few different websites one being sci-fi japan another one being the huffington post where you can see articles and photos all about this new statue i figured we should just go ahead and move along to something else that's happening in japan and that would be the next godzilla anime this next installment yay <laughs> yeah you you can feign excitement it's okay i know that the last one didn't deliver i'm a little <laughs> sad what can i say yeah if anybody didn't hear me talk about how much i liked it <laughs> in the episode and then <laughs> and then if they didn't stick around till after i read all the daikaiju discussion homework i actually mentioned that bob johnson when he saw the mazinger z infinity movie he said okay now that is what Godzilla Monster Planet should have been. Right. And I was like, oh, well, I know I said all that stuff before, and I still do like it, but I couldn't agree more. Like, yeah, it's called Monster Planet. Like, let's see some monsters. So hopefully we'll see some monsters in this next installment. I saw the blurb about it. Yeah, so the title of this movie is called Godzilla, the City Mechanized for Final Battle. Like, I want to know if that is the actual translation of the Japanese name for that movie, because... That's what it sounds like. It does? Uh, Let me see. Okay, so I'm actually going to take this Japanese, mm-hmm. copy it. And paste it into um, Google Translate? Google Translate. Word. And see what it says if I do that. <laughs> it's a PC. Decisive battle, mobile breeding city. Mobile breeding city. Mobile breeding city? That's right. I saw that, too. Decisive battle. <laughs> Kesen Kido Zoshoku Toshi is the name of the, uh, well, the subtitle for the new Godzilla anime film. Oh, interesting. What? It, there's an article from Sci-Fi Japan dated at the end of this month, the la- end of last month, calling it City on the Edge of Battle. So it has two titles? That's weird. I don't know. But yeah. Basically, I'll include a link on the show notes so you can see what I'm talking about. Confusing, conflicting information. Right? <laughs> I mean, the first one was pretty pretty crazy, too. Well, you know? that title was probably like the Japanese title, and then the English title is the summation of that one. I'm guessing. That's because otherwise that, that breeding city thing. Yeah, right. <laughs> Karwa Nandeska. But like, <laughs> like, but uh, so Sci-Fi Japan is actually saying that these are press notes from Toho. Oh. And they'll be in those would be in English, I'm assuming, because they'd be sent to Sci-Fi Japan. So maybe what we'll be seeing is Godzilla City on the Edge of Battle. It is going to be released on May 18th, which is just two days after the original film comes out. The original anime film, I should say, comes out on Blu-ray in Japan. I'll have a link in the show notes to both the Godzilla anime website where you mm. can see more. You can see a trailer. If you're a good Internet sleuth. 
you should be able to see some sort of silhouette of another giant being that's going to be in the movie. A strange beast. We'll just keep it mysterious here on the podcast for now, I think, even though probably everybody knows all (laughs) about it already. But uh, yeah, so anyway, I'm... I know that the first one was very kind of slow and didn't capture a lot of people's imaginations. Uh, It was a lot of disposition about their lives and their trials with mm -hmm, Godzilla wrecking mm -hmm, the planet. mm -hmm. And uh, it's a lot of backstory. (laughs) You know, the thing, the thing is it reminded me of uh, Pacific Rim in a sense, because like when you get into the very first Pacific Rim movie, there's all this backstory that's happened and they're trying to catch you up on the backstory. But really, you're coming in at the very end of that movie. Well, obviously, in Godzilla Monster Planet, you're coming in at the beginning of this tale, and it's set to be a three, you know, picture deal, I guess you could say. You know, three-chapter story is probably the better way to say that. Yeah. But you're right. That movie was kind of boring. It's boring. <laughs> like, I know that they're, they're trying to set up a bunch of stuff. It's really beautiful, but... It's kind of beautiful. I don't... So, I thought that they used those ridiculous computer simulator or whatever they're called the oh the, okay so you're talking about the cell shading that yeah. they did so it's a CGI model oh, that so they annoying. they shade it so it looks like anime i hate it well i can understand that and i had some choppy. gripes with it if you if you listen to the podcast you'll hear me talk about how i don't like how there's not sort of a level of detail change like if somebody's standing 20 feet back, you can see all the details of their uniform, just as the same as you'd see the person five feet away from you, like, but just on a smaller scale. I I like it to oh, be yeah. a little more, like, you saw Devilman Crybaby, right? That was beautiful. That was, that was at least hand animated. And, like, it was very simply animated, I, I but get, it didn't like, bother me at Godzilla, all. I get, like, making Godzilla, like, CGI'd like that, because he's huge and slow-moving, sure, but... People need to be a more natural. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you didn't like uh, the CG cell shaded look of Godzilla Monster Planet, I don't think you're going to like the CG cell shaded look of Batman Ninja either. So <laughs> or Ninja Batman, whatever it's we'll called. See. Anyway, we're going to go ahead and move along. So like I said, we'll have links in the show notes to both of those so you can see all the details. The, the anime Blu-ray looks pretty cool, but this is the Japanese release. Hopefully, we'll get a U.S. release at some point. Once again, they're not being overly verbose about the information they're giving out about this anime film. Sure, it would be nice to know when they're going to have it on Netflix. (laughs) Maybe a year. Speaking of Netflix, this is a segue. Speaking of Netflix, they're located in the United States. The United States is also producing their own kaiju films. So let's talk about our homegrown kaiju movies. Uh, We're going to start things off with... Godzilla versus Kong, which mm-hmm. a lot of people are saying we have a title to, like a full title or a subtitle to. I read the article. We don't. It's called a working title, which they're saying it's called Godzilla versus King Kong Apex. It might be called that when we get down to it. But a working title is what the studios use locally. So if they're filming in Atlanta, like they are, the Atlanta... Uh, filming board or yeah, yeah the Atlanta group that basically shares all the information with what productions are happening where this is called Apex it's not going to be listed as Godzilla versus King Kong so if you're in Atlanta or in some place where they're filming and you like being an extra and you're looking for 
the title of the movie to keep your eyes open for. It's called Apex. But we don't know for sure that it's going to be called Godzilla vs. King Kong Apex. Hmm. So anyway, I wanted to make sure that I dispelled some rumors there. That makes sense. I mean, Apex, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it makes sense for a working title, right? Like, I think well, uh, since they're not the following... first one was called Leviathan, right? Like, that's it what was? The... Yeah. Like, if you've ever... I'm just trying to imagine why they would use the word Leviathan, like... It's to throw people off. Ah. So, you know, yeah, that's what I was saying. But Apex makes sense because they're Apex Predators. Sure, but it's also, it makes sense, but so does Leviathan in that type. I mean, Godzilla is a Leviathan, but it's a working title. It just, it's, it doesn't really mean anything. It just means that it really is there for if you're somebody who's looking to get work in the, you know, in the extras or. Hey man, if y'all go work, go, go be on this film. Oh dude, I totally think, like we actually talked about it at one point when. Godzilla 2 was filming in Atlanta. I was like, somebody go out there and get on that set and then just tell us what it was like. Not like you're going to see any giant monster props. It's all going to be CGI. <laughs> be like, this is the green screen where they had Godzilla. He was walking and this was his foot right here. All right, everybody. Look shocked. There you go. Cut. <laughs> you know. <laughs> We're so mean. They had to do it back in the day, too. It's not like they had gigantic. They only had gigantic Godzilla props every once in a while. In Japan, everybody still has to like look up and to the right, and somebody like an assistant director or PA has to hold a thing saying, "Here's where your eyeline's supposed to be." Oh wow! Yeah. I've yeah. I've never been on a film set, so well, I've never been on one of those film sets. I've just heard stories, so it's one of those things where I'd love to be on it someday. I would actually totally love to be on one of these new Legendary Pictures films. Not as a character, but just as somebody who what, can run Mr. away. <laughs> your, what is your Mr. Trivia Professor Kaiju or something? Oh, the American Kaiju Professor? Thank yes. goodness he has no actual name. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I wanted to bring up there. Also, there was also some motion capture news that we sort of said, eh. Motion capture, we already know that awesome. these monsters are motion capture. They're not men in suits. The dude who did Rampage the- is also Ghidorah. Ta-da! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was the news. Guy who's playing George is playing Ghidra. I don't know how much you're going to be able to emote, but we'll see. Hey, that was what we were talking about earlier. It was pretty funny. It was trying to figure out, like, how exactly do you emote King Ghidra? Yeah, we had a bunch of people sharing that information. Like, it was going to be some big thing. Yeah. Like, and I think maybe some people were seeing how Benedict Cumberbatch did the motion capture for Smaug. <gasps> Oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, but that's a Peter Jackson film with a very well-known actor playing a very well-known villain. Yeah. All we have in this oeuvre is a well-known villain. (laughs) That's all we have. So I can't imagine that they're actually going to have any kind of emotion. We better not talk. Oh, oh my gosh. I'm done. <laughs> Godzilla, my name is Ghidra, and I'm here to destroy you. <laughs> You're to destroy you. Oh, no. No, 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 no. So <laughs> there will not myself. be a link in the show notes <laughs> to any news about Godzilla versus King Kong or Godzilla 2, because uh, it's not news. It's not no. news, in our opinion. But, you know, another movie that uh, we did not see, but I really want to see, is Rampage. That came came out. out. Yeah, it was released on the 13th. We thought we were going to actually cover it on the podcast, but holy smokes. We were in Pasadena. Exactly, for Monster Palooza when that was released. And uh, I I literally have not even had a chance to think about, man, maybe I should go see Rampage tonight. (laughs) 
have just been slammed. Eventually, I do plan to see it. It looks like it's a lot of fun. And I have actually seen a lot of people say positive things about it. You know, don't be expecting a brain teaser, Gretchen. I haven't even had a chance to see it because I've been doing film festival stuff. And then on top of that, I had to see A Quiet Place. Uh huh. Have you seen that? No. Is oh, it good? It's amazing. Okay, cool. Yeah. I like a good horror movie every once in a while. And I saw Infinity there's monsters War. In it. I haven't seen Infinity War, but uh, I also haven't seen Rampage. 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 I think Rampage deserves my money. Let's talk about money and Rampage. We know that it was budgeted at $120 million. It's been in the box office for four weeks as of right now, and it's earned about $87 million here in the States and about close to $300 million in, uh, internationally. So I think it's made its money back internationally, at least. Hopefully they didn't spend too much money on the advertising campaigns for that movie, but it looks like it's a lot of fun. I definitely want to check it out. I I almost feel like a, a sucker for not having checked it out yet. It's a giant monster movie. And the poster. Definitely. So we will have a link in the show notes to a Sci-Fi Japan article showcasing some of the Japanese photos, logos, and the poster, which was done by Koji Tajima. And it is so gorgeous. It actually is the coolest thing I've seen about the movie is this Japanese poster. So be on the lookout for that, listeners. Uh, let's move along to another movie that debuted earlier this year, Pacific Rim Uprising, which, of course, we did our Daikaiju discussion on in March when it came out. If you'd like to listen to that, make sure to head over to episode 230 to hear the discussion. But Sci-Fi Japan has an article showcasing some of the Japanese publicity material, so I'll have a link in the show notes to that. Not a lot to talk about there because it's all visual. It's their art book. There is the art book. The Art of Pacific Rim is on sale now. Actually, Sci-Fi Japan had a contest where you could win the Art of Pacific Rim Uprising. And they had a second one where you could win the Art of Rampage. I guess the same company produced the books. I don't have those, and I'm going to have to get them because I love art of books, and especially if it's art of insert giant monsters. Secondly, Pacific Rim Uprising has a Blu-ray release date set for June 5th. Sci-Fi Japan, of course, has a really great article showcasing all of the features of this digital 65, 4K, Ultra HD, and 3D Blu-ray <laughs> releases. It's wow. uh, There's all sorts of cool stuff on the disc that's coming out, including deleted scenes, a commentary by director Stephen S. DeKnight. They have a bunch of featurettes. Like the Hall of Heroes, Bridge to Uprising, the Underworld oh. of Uprising, Becoming Cadets. This is why I like Blu-rays and DVD releases. Like it's the extra features. I love the movies too, but like being able to like deep dive into this stuff, that's kind of what I've always wanted with Godzilla movies. And the fact that they're putting that stuff in the something that some people would consider to be a throwaway cheapy sequel film. Mm. I'm all for this. So I really enjoyed Pacific Rim, too. It was one of my... I th I remember I was the one who was like, I think I liked it better than the first one. I know. And I yeah. remember when you said that, I could hear... When I listened back to it, I could hear the, uh, what? In my voice. <laughs> like, what is he saying? Uh, anyway, so I'll have a link in the show notes to the Sci-Fi Japan article all about the Pacific Rim Uprising Blu-ray release if you want to check that out. In addition to the art of books that we talked about, there will also be links in the show notes to that as well. Let's talk about some toys. X Plus <laughs> has released their lineup of Earth Godzilla, Ultraman Zafi, Kamala King from Ultraman Ace, Spectreman's Mognetudon, which I don't know if I'm saying that right because I've never watched the Japanese versions of Spectreman before. 
Gretchen, have you ever seen the USA animated Ultraman show? There no. was basically, I think, the same company that made like G.I. Joe and Transformers no made an Ultraman movie. I have it, I think. Oh, that's the one with the Ultraman cat. So, no, it's not the one with the Ultraman cats. It's actually, it's like a U.S. animated Ultraman movie. And instead of there just being one Ultraman, there's three different Ultraman. Ultramen? Ultra people? There might actually be four because one of them is a is a woman. Oh. Anyway, so it's totally. But not like Ultra Not Ultra Mom. <laughs> ultra Mama. It's a, uh, yeah. But anyway, Ultraman Great is the that's character rude. that X Plus is making. Uh, and they're also making a chibi, <gasps> deferil earth goji, which I don't buy those things, but they are adorable. And this earth goji Rachel, is so cute. Did you hear that? <laughs> <laughs> Rachel, can you hear us? <laughs> Rachel, come in, Rachel. <laughs> anyway. I love chibi. She likes like baby and really cute, all the cute things. And all she finds everything that's rad, like all the cute rad monsters. In addition, that was like an older link. So you'll have a link to all of those monsters. And then there's even another update where X Plus has given Sci-Fi Japan a ton of high quality photos of a brand new Kiryu Mechagodzilla, like seriously tempting me, which I should not be buying anything this year. But this Kiryu Mechagodzilla, Ultraman Taro, Gamera from Gamera Guardian of the Universe, Frankenstein from 1965. Didn't somebody just do a Frankenstein? Yeah, Bandai Premium. And I don't know a lot about these things that I just was like, I saw you. No, you're you're absolutely right. Okay. You did good, girl. I did. (laughs) If you were Lady Kyle in this situation, she'd be like, aren't you proud of me? (laughs) (laughs) I'd be like, yes, I am. Yes, I am. I don't have a whole lot of toy knowledge. It's true. It's okay. That's I don't think you need that here. Anyway, there's two other monsters from Return of Ultraman. I'm going to see if I can say these correctly. Sasa Healer and Yametarans. They are weird looking, <laughs> but uh, that is that's sort of what you get with Ultraman monsters after the first series. I love, I love the Ultraman monsters. Oh, some of them so get really bizarre too. Some of my favorites that stand out like Guts. Love Guts. Guts is cool. Guts is cool. Um, I like Guts. I, there's, um, you know, my favorites are the ones from the first like two Balton. series. First, like Ultra Q and Ultraman, like those. Dada. Dada, Gango, Jamila, Gamora, Gomez, Kanegan. I could keep naming all of them, but they're they're like iconic in a really weird way to me because most of the Ultraman monsters were designed by Tol Narita, who is almost just like a crazy conceptual artist. And he did all these weird designs for uh, Tsuburaya, which I've got this really awesome book you should check out uh, sometime. But basically, Tsuburaya must have liked the way that he designed things that looked otherworldly. They didn't look like they belonged on Earth or they came mm-hmm. from Earth. And so all of those creature designs are why the monsters sometimes have like absolutely just weird, bizarre. Non-Euclidean looking. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying like Dada is a perfect example. Right? Sure. Like Dada has like three different heads, spins around to different faces. And in the episode, you don't really get ex- an explanation as to why it's doing that or what's happening, but it's there all the same. And the fact that it's got like that zebra stripe pattern, but it's all super geometric. It's just very Tol Narita. I mean, like, and the eyes, the, the big, mm-hmm. like everything about Dada is very, very just bizarre. And like, out of the ordinary. It's one of the reasons I think that Ultraman monsters are so memorable is that you look at them and you go, what? And that sort of like sticks in your brain. 
X Plus is also making Alien Babaru. Babaru? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's how you say his name. Uh, like I said, the Gamera, which is really beautiful. All of these things, you'll have a link in the show notes to check out. They're re-releasing Mothra from the 1964 Mothra vs. Godzilla. It lights up. It comes with a base that's got like the little Mothra emblem on it. And it has two little Mothra larvas that come Aww. with it. Very expensive. But Jeff should totally buy it. Oh, man. Actually, you know what? That Frankenstein I talked about earlier, there's like an internet exclusive version of him where he comes with Baragon as well. What? Yeah. So you can have Frankenstein face off against Baragon. They're also reissuing the like 1956 Rodan. I almost thought you said you didn't like No, Baragon, no, I really like And I was going to be like, what is happening? No, no. And last but not least, the 1994 Mogera. So, man, cool. X Plus has been cranking stuff out as of late. And it is quite beautiful work, as usual. Quite beautiful work. So follow the links in the show notes to both of those stories. Check it all out. Sticking with the toy release theme, Kong Skull Island finally has a high-quality Japanese-originated figure created by X+, Plus, but fulfilled through a company called Star Ace Toys. Man, that's a big carbon footprint these toys got. <laughs> Just saying. Well, I want to make some sort of like joke about Kong's footprint because I think it's probably <laughs> in the base that he comes on. The Kong Skull Island figure is super, super cool. He stands 32 centimeters, approximately 12.75 inches tall, and will be released July of 2018. If you're going to get the standard version, it's going to cost you about $140, and then the deluxe version is $180. Check the link in the show notes for more information about that from Sci-Fi Japan. Now, since we're talking about upcoming releases, that is a terrible segue, but uh, we have to talk about something brand new that's coming out later this month from Toho. Or a brand new release of an old thing, yeah. Well, a brand, yeah, brand new release here in the States. The first time it's ever been released on home video. Oh, here really? In, here in the United States. I didn't know it's never been on video at all. Yeah, I don't think it's ever been released on video at oh. all. At least not legitimately. So what we're talking about is the Bloodthirsty Trilogy. We're talking about Toho's Dracula Trilogy. Not even a vampire trilogy. He's just straight up Dracula in these three movies. Are they allowed to call him Dracula? Yeah, I think so. I guess it's not copyrighted. Dracula is old school. Dr yeah, Dracula doesn't care about your copyright. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like Lake of Dracula... Vampire, Vampire doll. doll. Yeah. Evil of Dracula. There's yeah. like, there's these three movies. And the reason, if you're wondering, why are they talking about this trilogy? It's because, A, it was made by Toho. B, it's got some of the same, this is why I think, you know, it's got some of the same actors from the 70s movies, right? So the same guy who played the Interpol agent in Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla plays Dracula in these three films. He's unmistakable. You can't miss him. Also, Yukiko Kobayashi, who played Kyoko in Destroy All Monsters, and she also played one of the island girls in Yogg the Space Monster or Space she Amoeba. Really? She plays the vampire doll in that first movie. She's really cute in that movie. They're pretty fun movies. They're not very kaiju-like, though. They're way more like... Hammer films. Exactly. They're like basically Toho's answer to Hammer films. And Hammer it's interesting films. because right now there's such a resurgence of that kind of film stuff. So we're seeing a lot of Hammer being re-released or Quartermass or 
all of that stuff. Like we're starting to see all that again, like people are more and more interested in it. So is that, you think that's what we're writing on the curtain or curtails or whatever? Maybe. I mean, I guess I would ask. Curtails? Because first up, just as the listeners probably know, but if you don't know this already, I like horror movies, but I don't love horror movies. So I don't stay on top of the news. This is being released by Arrow Video, which I am aware of their stuff. They've done a lot of Japanese horror. They did Dark Water and Pulse. I saw that because they did new art for the covers. Yes. And oh my gosh. Yes, so beautiful. Dark Water's new cover is stunning. Stunning. Like Pulse's cover, I would frame and put yeah. up on my wall. It's beautiful. I actually, be- <laughs> because of the the cover art, and I think that they treat these movies fairly well for a release, I also want to see them put out Uzumaki. Ooh, it definitely could use a little, like, tender, loving care. Yeah, yeah. and a Blu-ray release, because it got yeah. released on DVD here, and it was oh, sort of like a no-frills version. Yes, All the absolutely. background green that you lose. Oh, oh I bet it'd be okay. so pretty. Okay. So, sidebar conversation between <laughs> Kyle and Gretchen. We obviously love Japanese horror movies, uh, and so we're talking, about, we're talking about... Japanese horror movies from the 70s, but they have uh, they have a slight kaiju adjacentness in the fact that you have some of the same actors. Anyway, if this news excites you, congratulations. You're who we're talking to. <laughs> if you don't care about it, no big deal. Just skip 15 seconds forward. That's what but uh, I definitely want to pick up this set because it looked like it had some pretty good extra features on it. I know it's probably not the same as the Japanese release, but some of the special edition contents that come straight from the Arrow Films website is obviously you've got a 1080p high-definition Blu-ray transfer of all three films. It's got a mono audio track, which means that they didn't try and remaster it into a 5.1. It's got the original Japanese soundtracks with newly translated English That's subtitles, what I'm which curious is pretty about. cool. Hopefully, Arrow does a good job when they get translations made. I've never seen anything by Arrow, so I'm kind of, I might have to go back and look for that Dark Waters. I mean, I've seen the artwork, but I have not watched the films. Yeah, I've seen Pulse, and I thought that that the subtitles were fine, but I wasn't paying attention to it, thinking these are new subtitles. Uh, It may or may not have been new subs. They'll also have a stills gallery, original trailers, and a new video appraisal by the critic and writer Kim Newman about the Bloodthirsty trilogy. Hmm. It also features a reversible sleeve with original and newly commissioned artwork by Matt Griffin. I saw that. That looked really cool. Anyway, so there you go. Good news for people who like to collect Toho movies. I'm psyched. I would love for them, even if it's not Arrow, I would love for people to take such an interest in some of these more obscure Japanese films that are sort of kaiju adjacent or just science fiction adjacent. I just want to see more of those show up here in America legitimately. Last but not least, and, you know, this is our fluff piece, I guess, for the end of the episode. <laughs> According to Asahi.com, Japanese newspaper website, there's going to be an Escape from Godzilla live-action game, I think, happening in Tokyo. There's already an Escape Room-themed game. Is that the VR stuff? Yeah. Did you read anything about that? I just read that they were doing a... That Microsoft was working with the VR company, mm-hmm. and which I was like, why would they need... Microsoft. I mean, it's Japan. I don't know. Do but you know, I guess like, cross, you know, hey, cross pollination, whatever. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, there's a VR experience right across the way from the Godzilla Hotel in Shinjuku. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I yeah. somehow went to Shinjuku and didn't see the Godzilla <laughs> Hotel. 
I saw Ultraman everywhere. It's just so funny to me because when I was there in January, I like accidentally came across the Godzilla Hotel when I wasn't even looking for it. Uh. Even, just because I was in the area, I was just magnetically drawn to Godzilla. Anyway, <laughs> uh, yes, this will be held at the Tokyo Mystery Circus. I'll have a link in the show notes. And it started April 26th to 27th. So hopefully it's still happening. It looks like it could be fun. I mean, as long as I'm safe in a safe place. <laughs> For the VR thing? Yeah, that yeah, I, yeah. that's the only thing. It's like I would stumble around like a doofus and fall down. <laughs> I'd be that person you see on YouTube that their friends are videotaping as that person like, oh, I caught a fish. And you're trying to hold it and you fall over. Sure, yeah, 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 that'd be me. In recent months, I guess I would say, there has been other news about a Godzilla VR experience. I feel like this was way closer to when Shin Godzilla actually came out. But Sony, for the PlayStation, had some VR experience that you could download in Japan that was like Shin Godzilla was coming towards you and you were trapped. I don't think I don't think you could move. I don't know what the deal was. But basically, I'm assuming that somebody saw that and said, let's do that better, and then they're going to turn it into some sort of game. So that's a VR game. I can't remember if we even talked about it on the podcast, but did we talk about the escape room? There's an actual Godzilla escape room in Tokyo called... This is what it's called. It's the uh, Mystery Circus, right? So I have no idea what it's like. I'm hoping somebody goes over there and gives me a report on what the actual experience is like, but basically I've never done an escape room. Oh, you've never done one? No, I've done no. a few. Okay, so can you imagine the concept of Godzilla How is it, coming? How are you going to escape? Maybe they make stuff fall off the walls and you're like, oh, in that a, would be cool. like in a bomb shelter type aspect. That would be really cool. Actually. I could see that working out, but otherwise, because the, the escape rooms, you're you're basically in a room and some of them open up to a extra room. Okay. But if you're escaping Godzilla, it would be really expensive to like have things okay. break. So, but it, stuff fall off the walls, like, and then maybe causing some of the walls to shake. I could feel that, like, that would be Godzilla's foot, like footsteps, like, yeah, that could be cool. Oh, it's scary. I that would be kind of cool. Well, I'm interested to hear about it. Somebody do this. <laughs> you should do it if it's Man. still around. If it, dude, if it was going to be happening I'm while I was in year. Japan, I would totally check it out. But I'm, unfortunately, I doubt it's going to be there when I make my return in January or February. We'll have a link in the show notes to the Asahi story about this escape from Godzilla, both in VR and escape room style. <laughs> I think that pretty much covers it for the news. So thank you, Gretchen, for joining me on this episode. Thanks for having me. It's always fun to talk about crazy cool stuff that's going on in Japan. And of course, peppering in the American stuff is always fun, too. (laughs) If you found the KaijuCast through iTunes or some other podcast directory, please point your web browser to KaijuCast.com, where you can see everything that we're about, every episode that we've done. Our Daikaiju discussion schedule is up there. You can see our links to our social media websites and our friends' websites. And speaking of social media websites, uh, we have our Facebook group. Gretchen, people should probably, if they're hearing us on this podcast, they should probably go to the Facebook group and join. actually respond. We actually respond, which is better than I do on my own via email. So that's the best way to get in touch with me now is to post in the the group. So there's always a link on the website to the Facebook page, but we can put a link in the show notes to the actual Facebook group as well for the listeners. One less less step for them, Exactly. Exactly. Anyway, in addition to the actual website, have you subscribed to KaijuCast? You should subscribe to KaijuCast. It's actually the easiest way for you to get new episodes. We would love to have you on our subscriber count. Gretchen, once again, thank you so much. Word. 
And we will see you for the next episode. Jamata. We regret.